I had a life, it seemed so beautiful. I had a home, it was quite large. There were two horses and a studio, a great big fireplace, and I built the barn. Seven acres in the country, in 93, my mother died for seven years. Somewhat numbly, we walked the pasture, stride by stride. It is amazing that life continues, and stone by stone we move along. I have a new life, it too is beautiful, and I keep the old inside my songs. I had a home and it was small, but it was cozy. It had a lot of sun, and I raked the leaves come every fall. For ten good years, it felt like home until our lost love left me cold. I shoveled snow and did it all alone, and I kept my chin up. Both brave and bold. It is amazing that life continues, and stone by stone we move along. I have a new life, it too is beautiful, and I keep the old inside my song. Stone by Stone from Tret Fury. That's the title cut of her latest CD. And Tret is on the line. Hi, Tret. Hi, how you doing? Good. Now, that's such a wonderful song. And it's, I guess, it sounds like it's your philosophy. Well, you know, the way I describe it is it's an autobiographical look at love through the lens of time. Because it's truly my life describing the three main relationships in my life. And it's, it is, you know, that's 
and the, the great thing about being a songwriter is you can keep track of, you know, you can write about all that stuff and, and you can hold on to those relationships through your songs and share it with other people. And people often take those things very much to heart. So it's but, a great gift to be able to do that. Before I ask you about those relationships, what did you mean by getting another shot? Uh, well, because I just didn't think I, my second relationship, main second relationship failed as I was turning 60. And I thought, I can't, you know, how am I going to start over again at 60, you know, and it's going to be harder and I don't date and all that stuff. But um, I was doing a house concert. I was uh, on the road and had lost a, a concert. So I put on Facebook, I said, I'm looking for a house concert in this area. And uh, this woman stepped up and I went to her house and we hit it off. We talked all night uh, after the show. And the next day I left and a month later, I I emailed her and 800 emails later, I went to see her. Oh, that's and, beautiful. Uh, and then, and then a year after that, I moved in. And four years after that, we got married. And I never in my life thought I thought I would be able to get married, let alone find someone that I really wanted to spend the rest of my life with. That's yeah. so exciting. I, I, I originally thought you meant, well, are, there, are your musical relationships different than your personal relationships? Well, my my main my first main relationship was twenty year relationship with Chris Williamson, and it was personal and professional. Uh, my next one was not music related, and um, this my my wife she's a she's an art she's a visual artist and an historian. So we share art, but in ways that are very compatible and not um, competitive at all. And that's the beauty of it. She was obviously a fan of yours before you met her. She actually didn't know anything about my music. Um, her ex-partner was a fan and she had turned her on to my music. And that's when she reached out and said, oh, I'll do a house concert for you. And, you know, but she and she bought all my CDs that night because she didn't have any of my music, which was great because <laughs> the relationship before was all fan based. And that was did not work. <laughs> Chet Fury is on the line. Her new album is called Stone by Stone. And you I mean, this is like your 17th album. You've been. In, you've yeah. had a career of over fifty years in the music business, and I was surprised by reading your uh, biography that you toured with Spencer Davis. Yeah, that was my first big gig. I was he was doing an acoustic blues. He wanted to put together an acoustic blues uh, group, and um, I went to to try out, and he hired me on the spot because I was nineteen years old, but I played. The, the blues, this little Midwest girl, I learned, you know, I learned when I was in high school, Robert Johnson, Lead Belly, Sonny Terry, Brownie McGee, I love that music, and I learned how to play it, so he was so taken by my knowledge, and um, also to have a woman in the group, that I became part of the Spencer Davis Trio, and we toured for probably almost, almost two years, and we did an album together called Mousetrap, I mean, it was it was Spencer, but I was very much featured in the album, and my song was the single from that album. Well, Spencer's one of the biggest names in early rock and roll, and uh, what how, what did you get away from Spencer? What did you learn from Spencer Davis? You know, he's a he uh, may he rest in peace was a fabulous businessman. I mean, he was smart to put his name on the group because he wasn't uh, an exceptional musician, but he knew how to find good musicians, and he knew he was a really good if you look at some of the old videos uh, from the 70s because right after he passed away there was a bunch of stuff on online 
And, you know, they toured Germany a lot because he learned how to speak German. So, I mean, he was always, he just was always thinking about how to be successful. And Stevie Winwood, you know, that's what made the Spencer Davis band. Um, but I, you know, he was a great, he was a great guy. I really, it was my first real professional gig. And mostly what I got from him was my own record deal because uh, manager of Fanny came to see us when we were playing at the Santa Monica Civic Center and Roy signed me immediately uh, as his new artist. So was that was that the album? I your was that the album with you long hair on on the yes. cover? Yes. Yes. What yeah. an incredible picture that is, Charette. <laughs> I, I, I look oh at that. God. I look at that picture. We all have those. <laughs> <laughs> I look at that picture and I said to myself, "When, when, and why did you cut your hair?" Oh God! No, well, that's a whole nother story. But you know. <laughs> Yeah, that was the time. And, you know, that album, I was really fortunate because Lowell George produced that album. Was he and, with Little uh, Feet by that time? Yeah, this was his first production outside of Little Feet. Um, and this was when Little Feet was changing to the, the bigger band. Um, I think Ray Estrada was out of the group at that point. But all the members of Little Feet played on on that album. And Bonnie Raitt sang on that album. And Freebo played on the album. And I had, a you know, Van Dyke Parks. It's a fabulous lineup. Um, it's a great it was, album. It's a great it album. Was, it's it's interesting, you know. People really uh, loved that album. I find it to be young and naive, but it's but you know, we all do our early work. So <laughs> it's it's much more acoustic than I thought it would be from a Lowell George album. Right, and he was very careful about keeping it true to my folk roots because that's where I was a folk singer, and that's what I wanted to be. And he was really careful about being keeping the arrangements sparse and not putting too much of his influence. There's he played one slide guitar lick on the whole album. And then he played a flute solo and he did some acoustic guitar, but he wanted to make sure it didn't sound like a little feet offshoot. And I had so much respect for him for that. Was, he was a great guitar. That was also on uh, MGA, a, a big record MCA. label. It was on a MCA. MCA. Yeah. Yeah, it was on Uni, which was their subsidiary, which was uh, it was Elton John, Dobie Gray, and me were the three artists on Uni. Was there a lot of pressure on you now being on being on a big label? Well, you know, it's weird because in those days every label only had one woman, and the that woman was a novelty act. So MCA, we probably shopped that album seven labels before we got to Uni, and. Um, there, it wasn't so much pressure because, again, it was, you know, we, I was like a novelty act for the label. And um, the, the album was doing well. I had a single on the San Francisco charts. And the, pre the president uh, of Uni, who brought me in, was let go. And so all the artists, well, not Elton, of course, but all the other artists were let go as well. So uh, it was always a struggle, you know in the 70s. I know. When I started this show back in the late 70s, uh, it was hard to find women performers. It, I know. Yeah. And that was why. You know, they just, it was, they didn't take women seriously. You know, and sometimes they still don't, but mostly that's has changed. Uh, there was, I, I don't know if you'd call it a radical movement, but the women's music movement began. And, and that was in a direct reaction to the fact that you couldn't get work, couldn't get signed. That's absolutely right. And that Chris Williamson had a lot to do with that because she was in the same boat as me. She couldn't get a record deal because, you know, you, you couldn't find an, a label without a, that didn't have a woman. And she 
performed for uh, this radical feminist group, the, the Furies, or she, she had an interview with them. She was in Washington, D.C., and Meg Christian heard her. And they asked her to do an interview. And in that interview, she said to these women, why don't you start a record label? They were kind of looking for something to do. So why don't you start a record label? There's no, there's no outlets for women. And they did. <laughs> and that's how Olivia Records was born. And I ended up on... Uh, migrating over once, you know, when I was about to turn 30, I knew that my career in the mainstream was over because 30 years old, a woman, no major deal, no one was going to take me seriously. So I moved over to the women's movement and which was phenomenal. I mean, 5,000 women would show up at shows. And I was on, I was the first artist on uh, Second Wave Records, which was Olivia's subsidiary where you could play, uh, you didn't have to be truly a folk singer because I was sort of doing punk folk rock kind of stuff. And, um, and you could have men on your record. So that's, that's radical. I, having, having a record. Was really radical. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did have a long career uh, playing with Chris Williamson and, and having a relationship with her. She was one of the big stars in, oh, the, in the women's absolutely. movement. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, did you, were you playing second fiddle to her? Well, not really. I met Chris by uh, June Millington, who was in fan, had just left Fanny at the time. She uh, brought me in to engineer Chris's children's album, which was not on Olivia. It was on a small label up in the Pacific Northwest. And I engineered that album and we just fell in love. So I started, we started working. She wasn't touring at the time. So I kind of got her back on the road. So I would open, I would play guitar or I would open and she would play keyboards, a little guitar for me. And then she'd come on and I'd play keyboards and guitar for her. And I produced every album through the 80s. And, and then in the 90s, we became an official duo. But in the 80s, I produced and engineered all the records of hers that came out. So and, it's, it's uh, safe to say, it's safe to say you, you're the, one of the first women producers in the music industry. Yes. And I was one of the one of only two women engineers in L.A. in the 70s and 80s. There were, you know, there weren't many engineers, but I definitely was one of the first, and I was certainly the first producer in, uh, uh, one of the first producers in the women's movement, for sure. Tret Fury is on the line, and not only she is a producer, but a songwriter, and her 17th album was just released, Stone by Stone. Uh, are you, I, I didn't know where, what was happening to Chris Williamson, and she was online. She gave a concert recently. Are you, do you talk to her? Unfortunately not. She does. She's uh, never kind of gotten over it or forgiven me or whatever. I've, I've reached out to her many times, uh, but not not lately. She's just not interested, yeah. which is sad because we were soulmates. I mean, we we were the poster children for codependency. <laughs> <laughs> Do you? Yeah. Did you consider yourself as, as uh, because you were in the women's movement, we, did you consider yourself radical or was that it was just part of life? No, I came into the movement in the 80s when a lot of the radical feminism was on the, I mean, it was still, it was a feminist movie, but it wasn't a radical feminist movement by the time I came in. Um, there were men that, in the audience, not, not many. The brave men who would be willing to be in a room full of women were there. Um, but it was... I, I never considered myself radical in any in any sense. Yeah. Let me play another song from your new album, Tret, uh, Monuments. And I, do you consider this a political song? I do. Yeah. I and uh, interestingly, um, Ron Cook was having a song competition, 
uh, he's in uh, Las Cruces, New Mexico. I think Ron Cook is a DJ. And um, he had an, a, a, a songwriting competition where you, he wanted you to write either a song about the monument issue or um, whatever social, you know, or the Black Lives Matter or any other social issue. So I said, why not? And I, so I, and I was teaching a songwriting class at the same time. And I gave that assignment to my students and I did the assignment myself and I sent it to Ron and I was one of the four top winners. And it's, you know, I live in Virginia. So the whole thing that started in Charlottesville was radically, you know, it was crazy. And, you know, I live in an area where all the monuments are coming down. So I just had to write that song. Let's listen to Tread Fury. This is from her album Stone by Stone. Here's Monuments. Tear down the walls, tear down the monuments. To end ignorance is our main pursuit. Take away the hatred, take away the arrogance. Why can't we all focus on truth? Some say the past is the past That is no longer real But that only opens wounds that have never healed The result is the same Whether by force or a sleepy driver We all are complicit in the face of the survivors Tear down the wall Tear down the monuments To end ignorance Is our main pursuit Take away the hatred Take away the arrogance Why can't we all focus on truth? Each generation has questions Where they find different ends To make sense of a world On which their life depends so much goes unsaid when the saying is imperative. How do we find our voice in this ever-changing narrative? Tear down the walls, tear down the monuments. To end ignorance is our main pursuit. Take away the hatred, take away the arrogance. Why can't we all focus on truth? As old as the Civil War, as new as Black Lives Matters, society disrupted, democracy in tatters, celebrated by some and detested by others. In the end, we must remember we're all sisters and brothers. Tear down the walls. Tear down the monuments To end ignorance Is our main pursuit Take away the hatred Take away the arrogance Why can't we all focus on truth? Why can't we all focus on truth? Monuments from Tret Fury's new album, Stone by Stone. So has anybody confronted you about your opinion about these statues? 
these monuments? No, not really. No? Uh-uh. No. And you know where I live? I live in Newport News, Virginia, which is actually a very, it's not that conservative of an, of an area. It's much more politically open than when I go across the mountains to my where my brother lives on the west side. In fact, he's he works at Washington and Lee, which they're changing to WNL because they can no longer say Washington and Lee. Uh, but yeah, no, I've never, in fact, that song is, was very, was played a lot on folk radio for two months. So it's, it's been well received. And I haven't had any kind of backlash, thank God. Uh, we are still in the middle of a pandemic and uh, things have been, seem to be getting better, but I'm just amazed there are people out there who, who don't want to get vaccinated. And that's become a political. Uh, it sure has. Yeah. It's, and, and it's, I don't know what to go say beyond that. <laughs> I'm fully vaccinated. I, you know, I just think, you know, if, I understand if you're not, if you're an anti-vaxxer, but this is a really different situation. If not for yourself, for the people around you, because I have, I know a few people who won't get vaccinated and I can't talk them into it. You know, they just, and I just don't get it. I don't get it. You know, we'll never get and there are so many now that there, I just heard on the NPR this morning that we're going to have a really hard time getting to herd immunity because in, especially in rural areas, people are not getting vaccinated. Yeah. Uh, Tret Fury is on the line. And uh, before I play the last song, I mean, you've survived all these years. Obviously, you mentioned when you turned 30, you had to readjust your uh, ex- expectation in the music <laughs> yeah, business. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but you, you were able to develop your own line of clothing and start Tomboy Girl mm-hmm. line of clothing. And you've... Right. Uh, You've produced other people's music, and uh, yep. and and now this whole pandemic, uh, you've had as I'm sure as most folk artists or musicians had to do, you had to adjust your your income yeah. here. How how, yeah. how have you been doing? How have you su- uh, surviving? I've I've been doing fine because I mean I got right I jumped right on the online uh, concert thing when had learned that curve, which was a really steep curve for the first few months, but I have a very loyal following that comes to my shows every three weeks they're generous um i'm teaching i teach online i had been before the pandemic and i do pet portraits and all those things have managed to keep me and i sell some of my clothing um from time to time because i have an online store but i'm thinking of phasing that out because i'm realizing i don't really need it and it's a lot of work i just turned 70 i don't want to be carting 50 pounds of clothes around everywhere i go uh Going forward, are you going to keep on doing online shows? You're looking forward to getting back on the road. I am totally looking forward to getting back on the road. I've got some summer festivals, some outdoor events, but nothing really in the fall yet because venues aren't opening up and churches aren't where I play a lot. Um, but even when I do get back to work on the road full time, I'm going to keep doing live uh, online concerts occasionally for the people who don't, who can't come see me live because I have people from Germany and New Zealand and Australia and England that come to my shows every time I'm online. And that, I'm not gonna be visiting those countries anytime soon. <laughs> so it's a great, even the West Coast, I don't get to the West Coast that much anymore. So it gives people an opportunity to, to see me as live as they can. So yeah, and I enjoy it. I really enjoy it. And I, I wanna compliment you on your artwork, the the profiles of, your, of those dogs, uh, is that fun for you? Is it easy? Oh, it's so much fun. I just somehow have a knack for painting pets. <laughs> I don't know where it came from, but um, I love doing it. I paint at night in the, you know, with a with an artist light, and I put my music on, and and I paint my pet portraits. 
who I never thought it, that would be my calling, <laughs> the pet portrait artist, but it all helps. And it's all artistic, you know? They're all at yeah. your uh, website. It's uh, trettfury.com. And uh, what, what kind of name is Tret? Where does that come from? Uh, it actually is the Norwegian word for tired, and, and I'm half Norwegian. It's, I wasn't born Tret, but my younger brother, my older brother, one of my older brothers, named me that when I was eight years old. And it just, it was, it morphed from a, a fairy book t- uh, character. And I don't know uh, how he settled on Tret, but then I found out later it was actually the Norwegian word for tired. So I am a tired <laughs> row, a tired furrow is, is what my name means. It just stuck, you know, and it's a good, sta- it's a great stage name. So do you still enjoy songwriting? Oh, very much so. Very much so. I teach it. So I don't write as much myself because I'm teaching it so much. But I, um, I'm always surprised when I find I have an album's worth of material, you know, like <laughs> as I was with Stone by Stone. It's, oh, I have twelve songs. Let's go in the studio. <laughs> but it's still coming, and I'm I'm grateful for that. Stone by Stone is Tret Fury's latest CD, and also I forgot to mention I, I you're also past winner of the South Florida Folk Festival Songwriting Contest, and right. It's kind of nostalgic already because there hasn't been a folk festival in quite a while. But, I know, I know. Uh, yeah. But let me play one more, one last song from your CD. I, I enjoy all the songs on it, but this one uh, brought a tear to my eye because those tin cups must have, must have been ubiquitous. If you were a chef, everybody had one. Right. Exactly. Exactly. And that was my mother's. You know, and that's that song. Um, that again, that song came out of a, t- a t- class I was teaching where I had people grab, get a, get something that of, of value that was from their family and, and write a, a letter as if from that, that person's point of view to you and then write a song. So this was my mother's tin cup, which I do keep on a shelf. And I wrote it as if she had written me this letter. Congratulations on such a beautiful CD, Tourette Fury. And uh, thank you so much for, for doing what you do. Oh, thank you, Michael. Thank you so much. My dear daughter, you kept that old tin measuring that I so treasured that I couldn't quite give up I used it most of my life and it suited me just fine measuring my ingredients leveling to the line my dear daughter it was so dented and so worn but I used it every day before even you were born like an old friend I could count on it was something clearly mine But the thing I failed to measure was time I kept it all those years Now you keep it on display I didn't want to part with it I used it every day It measured love and life It was worth so fine But for you it measures the passage of time I'm gone 27 years And I know 
that when you hold that cup, your eyes well up with tears. Now it measures all the many ways you've grown. A testament to all you've done and all the things you know. I kept it all those years. Now you keep it on display. I didn't want to part with it. I use it every day. It measured love and life and food so fine. But for you, it measures the passage of Time is done. I hope you also pass it on to Austin or your daughter or your son. I kept it all those years. Now you keep it on display. I didn't want to part with it. I used it every day. It measured love and life and food so fine. But for you, it measures the passage of time. The past.